0: Hi, I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And we are the founders of seekpurposenow.com. Seek Purpose is a community platform where we can come
1: together and share and grow through our stories, struggles, and victories.
0: And how many people out there that actually have, you know, moms and dads and bosses, like thinking back what we were like, what would you guys say to those people today of how to treat us? Yeah. For someone that's struggling with
1: someone with addiction. So someone who has like a son that's an addiction or a husband in addiction, like, is there anything that you could think of that would get through to them that would help them get here faster to like a point of wanting recovery? Personally, for me,
2: I see a lot of people post on social media. Oh, you guys say addiction is disease. You're a joke. Like, or, you know, like all these negative things. And the one thing I've genuinely learned in this program or for the program that I work in, and the people around me is like understanding what's going on. You may, if you're not an addict or an alcoholic and you have someone in your life that is struggling is just reach out for the support groups that support people and families or whatever of alcoholics or addicts. And just, I mean, set that boundary, right? I don't suggest enabling them, giving them the money they want and The attention they need and the do this or else like there's you got to set that fine boundary but I think for me personally like my dad did exactly what he had to do he just he loved me and let me run my riot and by the end of my drinking I pretty much got the sit down of you either go to treatment you go get help or you're homeless Mm -hmm. and like that was just enough of a shake-up to be like okay I gotta do something Mm
1: -hmm. um was your dad sober at the time
2: yeah year and a half sober And he pretty much said to me, I came clean. I was like, I got a drug problem. And he laughed. He's like, nobody has a cold for an entire summer. Mm -hmm. So all the nasal drips and the Kleenexes on my bedside (laughs) table, like something's going on. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much just said to me, he's like, there's nothing he could have done differently because I had to learn from myself where I was at. If he had parented me of, you're going to ruin your life and say all these things that a lot of us want to say to the addict that's still suffering you're an idiot. Just listen to me. Like the chances they actually really want to listen to you. Eh, probably not there. Mm-hmm. They're already in that world. Right. Um, and so my dad just loved gave me the love and compassion that I needed to just, okay, I don't want to lose this. Like I
3: don't want to walk away. So mm-hmm. I think that was just where, where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You can't push people into recovery. I think it's important to know that whatever is going on for them has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's not anything that you're doing or not doing, or if I love them more or I'm not a good wife or, Mm. or parent or friend or sister or brother, Um, other people's addiction has really absolutely nothing um, to do with you. And I think it's important to understand that and to get the help that you need to be able to deal with the with the person in your life who's suffering from addiction, um, and to keep yourself safe, and you know sometimes when we are not um, suffering from addiction, but we start to work on our own issues, <laughs> our family starts to see that, and quite often when other family members change. The family dynamic starts to change and those people will start to change on their own. But you cannot push people into recovery. You can't work their program for them. You can only help yourself.
1: Yeah, and that's so important. Uh, Because I know like you were saying, Micah, misery loves company and an alcoholic addict, we want to like just drag you down with us and like bring you into our misery and make you feel sorry for us and make it all about us. Like a big part of our problem is the self-centeredness. So I think what you're saying, getting yourself help if you're dealing with someone that has addiction is so so important and really the only thing you can do because you don't have control over the addict the addict doesn't even have control over himself. Mm. so
0: my family's got to really remember too like in the with addiction is that when I was out there I was incapable of seeing in the mirror of what I really was like like it lies Everything lied to me. I thought it was the best dancer, the best talker. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, I am grateful I sobered up the years I did. No social media. Good Lord. I feel sorry for the alcoholics up there now with social media, you know. But, um, and same thing with my family. It wasn't until my mom actually, um, I was so much into my addiction. I heard from my family that my mom was in the hospital and she was in the hospital for two weeks and I heard about it. Didn't go visit her, didn't kind of just didn't really phase me, whatever. I was so self centered in my living. And uh, later, I found out that she had a nervous breakdown because of what I put her through. And that, like, broke my heart. But on the same note, she got the help she needed. And when I came, you know, crawling like I did every month around rent time, mom, and you know, we're hustlers, right? I mean, we all can agree. We're hustlers. We are mm-hmm. the best talkers, the best liars, the best manipulators, or so we think. I like to and call it resourceful. Can... Very resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I got to do to survive. That's right. Yeah. We do. We do, and we're very convincing. And we have no care with our family for our families. And uh, the things I I did to my mom, I, you know, is is breaks my heart. Um, but she was able to get the help, and she finally said no. And I couldn't believe when those words came out of her mouth. I was like, what?
1: Well, what are you doing? I was just about to tell these people how they could get a freebie from our website. What's a freebie? Um, it's this awesome little thing you get into your inbox when you give us your email at www.seekpurposenow.com www.seekpurposenow.com That's right. So all you have to do is head over to www.seekpurposenow.com go to the freebies section type in your email and you will get a little freebie sent right into your inbox. Do it right now. Don't wait. This is good stuff. Don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait
0: how dare you f- oh mm. then of course she's a bitch <laughs> I, like, fuck you hang up the phone from her i mean then i panicked like is, did she really mean it and so you know you kind of work her a little bit more and mm-hmm. you know thank goodness for her strength you know thank goodness mm. for my mom's healing it began with her just a little that one phone call changed the existence and everything from my life and uh you know there's a movie that's out a long time ago and those of those dicaprio uh lovers basketball diaries oh yeah oh there's a scene in that movie that i cannot watch without bawling with him banging on the door and that mother not answering the door and it just brings me back to that's the addiction right there you know magnified but i i I think of that phone call with my mom that day that 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 changed my why i'm sitting here sober for sure because eventually i had nobody I, i i screwed everybody away hurt everybody had no ability to be able to see that until I actually put the plug in the jug and started getting some help.
2: Well, and I think that too, like, like I said in the beginning, right? Like if you're someone that's loving an addict or alcoholic that is suffering, like give them that love and compassion. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of my things too, is I am an addict and alcoholic. And when someone comes in and they reach their hand out to me and they go, I need help. And I'm like, wicked, I got the solution. (laughs) And you know, and you say, you're doing what you do in your recovery to you know help them, guide them along the way. And then they stop calling or they stop coming around and they go back to that life. And you're just like, you want to do your their program for them. Cause you're like, I know the way. Yes. Like, and you I like for me, I've been so hurt by people going back out because I forget the addiction, cunning, powerful, powerful baffling, right? Um, and you know, just because I'm walking this path now, I want everyone to have it. I want every single person suffering from alcoholism or addiction. Like, just just do what I did and it'll work. Like, it may not work for everyone. And I got to remember that. So, um, even an addict or alcoholic that is in recovery and loves someone, um, I personally, my mother is still an alcoholic. And I, now that I understand the ad- disease of alcoholism, I can handle her a little bit more, but she still likes to do the blowouts, the manipulation, the, this is your fault, you know? And, uh. I've really had to work on that. I've actually started to set boundaries. I, mm. sh- she tried to blow up on me. I, I messaged her on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. That's not good enough. And I was like, I'm having a bad day. And my response was, Well, when you're having a good day, give me a shout mm. because I'm not going to be the punching bag, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, and that understanding and compassion and that they're stuck in the world. My mother still doesn't think she has a drinking problem. Well, mm. she she has a drinking mm. problem. She's not an alcoholic mm-hmm. and she's had isn't jaundice. That crazy?
0: Isn't that crazy how people, sorry for interrupting, but no. isn't that? crazy how many times uh i was just in a discussion today over l- uh, lunch with somebody who is living with a uh so she's sober and and he's not and it's like you know it completely admits that he's an addict but there's no way that he will try to get any support for that and um well
2: that's it your life's burnt like for my mother like i can't speak exactly for her but from what i see like you know you don't have a relationship with your kid your husband left you you didn't have a job for like 10, 15 years. Like you were in the hospital, they, you had jaundice, like all these things, but you're not an alcoholic. Like it's everyone else's fault, but you're not an alcoholic. And the day that I was able to admit that I was personally an alcoholic, like there was that tiny bit of freedom, that, that first step of freedom of like, okay, well, now I'm honest. What do I do? But if you want to sit in that denial for that long, how
3: much longer do you want to hurt? But, you know, I don't even remember um, sitting in denial I all my life from the time I was a young girl, I was always surrounded by alcoholism and people drinking. And for me, that was very normal when I got old enough and, um, you know, was starting to um, become alcoholic myself. All my friends drank the way that I did. And so I was constantly surrounded by, by people like that. And I always felt like there was something missing in my life, but I didn't know what it was. And I couldn't, I couldn't correlate all the crazy things that went on in my life. I couldn't connect them up with the way that I drank. And I actually ended up in the office of an addictions doctor, and it was the addictions doctor who told me that I was an alcoholic and that if I continued to drink the way that I did, I was going to die. But up until that moment, I honestly had no idea that the way I drank was abnormal, mm-hmm. that I did not drink the way other people did because I was never around any of those other people. I cannot recall anyone ever saying to me, Do you think that you might have a problem with drinking? <laughs> it just it just didn't Didn't happen happen. Mm -hmm. so I think that's probably you know why it took me so long to get here and you know and I can even remember you know I said to my brother yeah I'm I'm you know it's been recommended that I I go to treatment I'm an alcoholic and he said Well, you're not an alcoholic and (laughs) you're not that bad right because you know we you drink like i do and i'm not an alcoholic so how can you be an alcoholic but (laughs) you know we all kind of get here um in our own time and in our own way and it's really hard to uh carry the message to a family member and and even when you're this walking talking example and you know I've said things to a family member like do you think that my life is better or worse now (laughs) oh it's definitely better well do, do you think that I'm happier now than I was when I was drinking oh you're definitely definitely happier do you think that I handle whatever is going on in my life in a much better way yeah you definitely do that And then I think to myself, well, what is, why wouldn't you want that for yourself? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so true. (laughs) But I'm not going to be the one that's, you know, it's, I think as human beings, it's, we don't have that kind of power to bring people into recovery.
0: Mm -hmm. Which comes up to the other thing is what's going on nowadays, which I was talking earlier, I took a first aid course and um, and the fireman there that was teaching it was talking all about the the crisis, like the epidemic. And the way he was teaching the class, it actually was quite frightening afterwards because it was like, he's not teaching a first aid class. He's ta- if I felt like he was teaching us a way because we're going out to war. And that's what we have to experience. That's what we have to expect. And these are the situations that you will come across. Not maybe kind of, you know, but you will go and drop your kid off at school and you will see a parent in the car and will not be waking up and what do you do? It was just unbelievable. What do you guys think about what's going on now? Like what what, what are your thoughts?
3: You know, I think there's a lot of um, old ideas surrounding addiction and we think that, um, you know, alcoholics or somebody in a dirty raincoat drinking some cheap wine out of a paper <laughs> bag and living under the bridge and, you know, drug addicts are are people that are homeless and living on the downtown east side. But that's so not true. People, you know, addicts, we don't choose to be that. But we come from all walks of life. Addiction is not particular and it doesn't. It's very addiction will take anyone. And so there's so many people that, you know, um, moms and dads and the soccer mom who's sitting next to you at the game is really got an addiction problem when she's taking her her kid home at night she's drinking two bottles of wine or snorting some coke and you know this is just sort of the this is the reality now if you if you go to the grocery store or you're at the movies or wherever you may be the chances are really really good that someone you work with someone you know is is battling um, some kind of addiction, and like let's get real like
2: this opiate crisis right now like people are dying. <laughs> there's there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Um, and if we got to got to get real honest like this fentanyl is killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, I OD'd back before I got sober um, on cocaine, and when I went to the hospital, I had fentanyl in my system. I had never touched fentanyl in my life. <laughs> so if we want to pretend that. that we're not at war with something stronger than what it is it's in everything Mm -hmm. um i worked for an establishment a long time ago that we were doing cocaine off the baby change table not thinking anything of it and the a mother the next day went to change her baby and saw residue on the the counter and it was brought up to the bar that if there's fentanyl in that that will kill her child Mm -hmm. so not only is it just like like um cynthia was saying like is i don't have that choice i lost that power of choice so for all of us saying well just p- stop doing cocaine or stop doing dr- dr- drugs or whatever it is. Like, if they're a genuine addict or alcoholic, they lost that power of choice. Mm-hmm. I didn't wake up and decide I wanted to be that addict mm-hmm. or that alcoholic. I didn't wake up and say, when I said that I was going to stop, I genuinely meant it. When I picked it up a couple days later after I overdosed, like, I was sitting in the hospital crying to my best friend, This is it, I'm done. And mm-hmm. with a big smile on my face, and two days later, I was back in the powder. Yeah. Like, and that's the. The true reality of what's going on is when, if you know someone that's struggling or you see that person on the road, like whether they're homeless, whether they're the soccer mom, mm-hmm. instead of judging them and telling them, why don't you just stop? Why don't you just put it down? This is what I mean like, get to know what we're dealing with mm-hmm. because we're at literally at war with something much bigger than itself. Mm-hmm. And probably not going to end anytime soon. Let's get real. But if we were to be educated on what we're up against Mm. whether we are alcoholic addict or someone that loves someone that is suffering from that that's when we can get the real help Mm -hmm. um because that's that's the way I see it I see a lot of things on Facebook oh just stop um today there was a post that I read online that Canada is the second largest cocaine user (laughs) go figure
0: (laughs) I was finding somebody I I invested in some weed stock and and my family is like you're clean and sober. What the heck are you doing? And I go, one thing i can count on that this, my disease is progressive. <laughs> and I said, this is only going to get worse. Mm. And, um, you know, yeah. and it, sadly, it is like, I, I mean, I've been, um, sober a long time coming up 20, well, 27 and a half years. And, you know, and I thought it was bad back then, but you know, you'd hear people around that you know, might have passed away or you hear, you know, death institutions in jail and like, well, whatever, you know, but now it's, uh, I, I mean, it's just every time I turn on my computer or, you know, you're going out and talking to another person or somebody that's passing away, mm-hmm. you know, and actually, even yesterday, the information that the, that this uh, um, fireman had uh, said, he goes, people are saying, oh, no, not my dealer, not my dealer, <laughs> I don't do fentanyl. And he said, there's not one drug on the streets today that does not have fentanyl wow not one and he just was silent and looked at all of us and i was just like wow you know mm-hmm. it's not about the dealer and it's impossible to kind of put it into uh you know it's a russian roulette it will happen mm-hmm. it's not even a fact mm-hmm. of maybe and don't do drugs and he was basically saying that um you know like the old campaign with the Reagan the the, the what is it Ronald Reagan and his wife uh-huh. don't, don't don't just drive. say just no just, just, just say no, no. Just, just say no it's yeah. serious like you know, <laughs> I wish I could have just
2: said no yeah. yeah right
0: right but today it's like what do we do raising our kids
1: if you're a fan of this podcast we know you've heard us talk about uplift wellness
0: They are certainly building bridges, aren't they? Offering mobile services to your door for counseling. Can you believe that? If you are suffering, struggling, or need
1: support or advocacy, you
0: need to get in touch with Uplift Wellness today.
1: You have to go to this website. It's www.upliftwellness.ca. That's lift with a Y, upliftwellness.ca. It's like... Yeah, I know when I, I was two months sober and I always picked up cocaine on Wednesdays. I don't know why. <laughs> it was like my day. Um, so that I could be sober by, or i like feel better by Saturday when I had to work a wedding. Midweek pickup, I yeah, get it. Totally. So um, my dealer ended up dying when I was two months sober on the Wednesday that I usually picked up. So it was like, if I was still using two months sober, like I would have been, if I didn't stop that day, I would have been dead 2 months later, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It was it, but that really cemented my sobriety early on because I was like like I was I would have died. I would have only had 2 months to live.
3: But I think that's a big part of it too because my addiction is so all powerful. It's always going to say, well that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. That's that I'm won't invincible. happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, oh but today, you, you know, we just don't know that, right? But, but even if I did know that that potential was there, that I might go out and pick something up and ingest it and die, that's not going to stop me from going out and picking it up and ingesting it. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I mean, exactly how you said, like, that's not going to happen to me. But that's been my story since I was a kid. Sexual abuse, assault, rape. That's not going to happen to me. Not too long after those things happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get pregnant and this not too long. That happened to me. I'm not going to OD not too long after that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like I know we're selfish and self-centered and are in our addictions and we don't understand. Like that's what our mind tells us. But here's a wake up call. It's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. I didn't die yet.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: if I go pick back up th- and that's a, that's one huge thing. um I think all of us in this room can agree a lot for us a lot of women a lot of men that have come into recovery you know one time they go out and they didn't come back Mm -hmm. um recently years ago like this isn't changing anything i've had friends that relapsed on their doc only to find out that heroin it doesn't exist anymore it's fentanyl Mm -hmm. and when they got sober that's what they had Mm -hmm. now it's this new thing and they weren't they didn't come back i was at their funeral a couple weeks later and that's that's the truth of this it's it's for me I'm not sad about it anymore because I've become so insensitive to the fact that it keeps happening mm-hmm. and that it just helps me keep not helps, that's a terrible word, but it's just keeping me on my path, right? Because mm. I I know I'm not invincible anymore.
0: <laughs> what is what is the purpose now? It's sober and
1: Yeah, what are you doing with yourselves now that you're you have sobriety, like you don't have to pick up a drug anymore. What's your purpose in life?
3: it's helping other people who are still suffering from addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trying to carry, to carry the message. Um, you know, I, for the law, lo- all my life, I couldn't understand why I was here and why, why was I continuing to stay alive? Because all I could see in my future was slowly drinking myself to death. And I really didn't think that there was anything else planned for me, but you know, I think that, um, you know, something else had a different plan for me because I certainly did not get myself to the addiction doctor's office. That was all (laughs) kind of arranged for me in the background. And I thought, you know, this was the, here's the message meant for you today. You need to be in this doctor's office so that he can tell you that you're going to die so that I could make a decision, which was, well, I don't want to die. What do I need to do? To not, to to not do that. What do I need to do? You know, and he laid that out pretty clearly for me. You need to um, go to treatment, and you need to uh, start working a twelve step program. And it's through doing that that, you know, I have a power greater than myself in my life today. And and if I want to um, really give back. Um, and show my gratitude for being alive and being free of addiction, then, you know, that's the best way for me to do that. Faith is really, um, takes action. And I do that by reaching out to people and trying to help them get what I have. What about (laughs) you, Micah? Um,
2: I mean, same as Cynthia, right? Like, first and foremost, like, I'm here to carry the message to someone that's still suffering. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as like during my drinking, like, even as a kid, like, I always knew I was going to be someone. Didn't know what, didn't have a plan for it, but I was going to be someone. And uh, drinking took that away. I, I stopped doing all the things I loved. I stopped dancing. I stopped um I guess that's all I really did was dance, but, um, you know, I had a lot of passions for a lot of things like, um, the environment, uh, certain things like that. And so first and foremost, like now that I'm sober, like my purpose is to, to help the alcoholic or addict that comes to me. And honestly, though, my purpose right now is just to be my most, uh, most authentic self because mm-hmm. lately that's what I've been doing. I just post who I am and where my journeys bring me. And I've had a lot of women come to me and say, how'd you do it? I'm like, well, <laughs> follow along. And you know, that's like, that, that can be the powerful tool of social media is I try to be who I am on social media as I am when you meet me in person. I'm a little weird. I'm a little wild and that hasn't changed. And that's how I like to keep things. And you know, those passions have come back. Some of the beliefs I have, I, I, I'm a nerd, like, I'm not even kidding, and if anyone takes offense to that, they can't see me, like, I'm covered in tattoos, like, I don't look like (laughs) your stereotypical nerd, but, like, I love to study, and, like, if I got a belief in something, oh, you better believe I'm gonna research it and have my facts, and if you want to debate about it, like, let's have a, a, this is the difference, though, today, is, like, when I'm ready to debate, like, I'm not gonna come at you and cut your knees out, Mm. I'm gonna present what I know if I don't know it, I'll be honest, Mm. and... You know, for that, like, I can make a difference. I can start with myself and, and wherever it goes from there, it goes from there. And like I said, like, I was really passionate about um, the environment before. And I actually work for a company that recently we just started. We're a produce company, but we actually just talked about reducing plastics. So you better believe I started Googling beeswax and fungi packaging. And like, <laughs> I'm presenting this because I care about those things. And I and sometimes I get into Facebook wars. It's a thing. It's okay. Um, I have acceptance around it. I get into debates on Facebook. It's not a good thing, but but those are the things that like I have passion and fire, and that's like my purpose today. Is like as long as I'm not hurting somebody when I do these things, as long as I'm giving back. The difference of being sober isn't just that I put the bottle down and became. I saved a bunch of money and got a little bit fitter. It's like I actually became the person that, that I said I was going to become. I didn't have a plan for it, but I became someone. So,
0: yeah, becoming the authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. What we were meant to be. I love that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. We're going to do a couple of rapid fire questions for Yeah.
1: Okay. Hit me with it. What's your theme song? Ooh, <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Nice. What movie? Or, oops, oh, sorry, Ice yeah. Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby Loomits. Uh, what uh, what movie could you watch over and over again?
2: Does it have to be a movie or can it be a show? Sure, go for a show. Show
1: Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be the answer for all of these. Yeah, or The Notebook, <laughs> if we cool. got to get real. The Whoa. Notebook. Oh, I like oh to cry.
0: I just watched that the other day.
2: Oh, was oh, so
1: good. Uh, what's the number one tool you have to stay sane today? <sighs> Physically, the gym. Mentally... Um,
2: Just my support group talking to who I got to talk to. Um, Or just walking my dog without my phone, my cell phone, um, or, like, headphones. Just straight up walking my dog outside, taking a fresh breath of air.
1: And what is spirituality to you? Ooh.
2: What do I believe in in spirituality? That's a deep question. That's not a quick-fire question. (laughs) Um, Energy. Uh, For me, energy never dissipates. So, you know... Whether you want to take it to religion, like Buddhism, all that stuff, reincarnation, sure, believe that. But for me, energy never dissipates. So the energies I feel from the moons and stuff like that, I strongly believe in that. You better believe when there's a full moon. I go a little nuts. I'm probably not spiritually (laughs) fit at that time. And just anything, like, I try to keep it as close to my chakra as the ground, the energy, and just straight up with the earth. You know, when winter's here and the trees are starting to die, that's probably when humans should become dormant too, so... I try to try that to the best of my ability. Don't always do it, but I try to take a look around. So
1: awesome. So I'm gonna give you the rest of the questions. Sure. Um, but we'll start with what is spirituality to you?
3: Spirituality is more than just believing in uh, a power greater than myself, something that I can't touch or feel. For me, spirituality is believing that whatever I believe in it's knowing that that power can do for me what I cannot do for myself it's not enough to just believe it can happen I have to know that 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 whatever is out there that's looking after me that brought me into sobriety that has given me a purpose in life these things all are happening for a reason and that's all um, to promote some greater good in the world and that spirituality is just a higher being filled with love
1: love it so (sighs) So what do you do when you're angry i ask my higher power to uh
3: to remove that i'll actually leave the room and just try to breathe and calm down and uh Try to figure out where that anger is coming from so that I can deal with it.
0: The one thing you can always say is just, and someone's screaming at you, you go, just hold that thought. I gotta go pee. Yeah. Like everybody's gotta go pee.
3: <laughs> Nobody's gonna get offense to that.
0: Even if someone's mad, you're like, what do you mean you gotta go pee? And I go to pee and I go in the bathroom. And that's when I yeah. take a breather. Help just me. Just to rethink. Help me. Call somebody, text somebody. If I'm blocked
2: know, out by that time, I probably won't remember that I need to
3: pee. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, my anger level. I I can't think of a time in sobriety where my anger level got that great. I've been kind of ticked off, and then it just seems to kind of go pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I guess if you can't drink over it, it gets kind of boring. <laughs> Being I angry all just, just no. keep,
0: keep, keep yes. staying sober. I've been sober a long time, and trust me, I've definitely blown a few
1: gaskets. So. <laughs> you know, my theory is
2: if if you go to if you're angry, go to bed. If you wake up still mad in the morning, it's something to talk about. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do this for everybody. What's something you need to let go of right now in your life? So start with Cynthia.
3: I need to let go of my family member who's still in addiction.
1: Mm, that's huge. What about you, Suzanne?
0: I think just let go of me. It's basically what I ask every day is for me to get out of the way and allow God to, to do what he wants to do with me.
1: Micah?
2: One thing, or I guess a couple of things I got to let go of is like my addiction to other things. Um, and when I say that, I mean my addiction to food. Um, I struggled with an eating disorder for a long time. So um, that idea that I have to look a certain way, that that's still there. And that's a very common thing. So learning to love myself, I'm, like, I love the woman I am, but th- there's still things that I haven't gone through right I'm almost two years sober I still got plenty of time (laughs) and I guess another one of those addictions is money like I said I work two jobs but I could always go down to one it's just that that idea that I got all this extra time I could I could make more I could do more so I think that's one of the big things is I could always be something else or I could always do more Mm -hmm. I'm very hard on myself I push myself and let me tell you mental burnout is a real thing Whew.
1: Feeling it right now. <laughs> yeah, I relate to all of that: like shopping, eating, thinking, yeah. <laughs> obsessing, the thinking, obsessing, obsessing. Right? working. <laughs> yeah, the thinking. Yeah. spinning something right out of control. I'm like, I feel like I'm constantly just trying to like bring myself back into like the moment and what's happening, because I so quickly could just be in my head mm-hmm. and just thinking about everything I have to do and how is it gonna work out, and, and just trying mm-hmm. to stay in the moment such a struggle but it's such a like it's like a breath of fresh air like living your life and actually having a choice today to do that is just a miracle mm-hmm. So, i know in addiction i didn't have that choice i was mm-hmm. like when am i gonna get drunk again <laughs> that's it that's all the questions we have we have right. you we guys did like, amazing that's you. a wrap thanks for joining us thanks. and yeah thank you so much to micah and cynthia for coming in here and getting raw and real Ooh, thanks for having us thank you Okay. So, wow. Wow. That was incredible. Absolutely. You know, one of the, the biggest thing that I'm
0: excited about mm-hmm. is that they're coming back. Oh, for sure. They are so coming back. And, and for those of you who are, uh, looking for, for more information on, on the journeys that they've taken and, and some sources, uh, to seek help, uh, we'll have that available for you, um, on our site.
1: So. So if you want to check out our site, it is SeekPurposeNow.com or find us on Instagram at Seek Now or Facebook is Facebook.com seekpurposenow Seek Purpose Now. Come
0: share your journey with us. We want, hear, we want to hear your journey. So reach out.